All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Beat. Thank you all for listening. My name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, as always, Matthew Fairburn. Thanks for listening on the Athletic Podcast Network or on any one of the free avenues. The Bills, of course, going through their second playoff game in the past three seasons and going for their first playoff victory since late December 1995 when they beat the Miami Dolphins way back when. So uh, a lot is on the line trying to exercise even further demons as they've been prone to do over the past few years. But but yeah, a humongous game for the future of the organization here when uh, when the Bills take on the Houston Texans. So this matchup is uh, is a pretty fun one because there's some volatility within both rosters. There are some injuries to discuss. There are uh, it's not necessarily uh, an open and shut case like it would be against some other teams. And really, Matthew, it it seems like the Bills match up fairly well against uh against this Houston team in what's what should be a, a pretty good game by by the end of it. Yeah, I think you know they're the Bills certainly have a chance to win this game, a pretty good chance to win this game, I would think. In terms of playoff opponents um and and who they match up with, this is this is a pretty good draw for them in in the AFC field. You know, Houston has a a negative 7 point differential which for the season, which points to not um, the best team. You know, they lost by 21 in Week 17 when they were resting their starters, so that skewed it a little bit. But overall, a defense that's been very up and down, uh, an offense that has, you know, had a tough time occasionally uh, generating big plays without Will Fuller in the lineup. So uh, there's definitely a, an opportunity for the Bills to go down there and, and get the monkey off their back and get the first first playoff win in 24 years or whatever it is yeah good quick math there uh 24 years and like i don't know seven days or something like that 24 years in a week um yeah and it all begins with their young quarterback making his first ever playoff start because we have seen different versions of josh allen throughout the season it started off with the turnover prone Josh Allen and then it went into the protect the ball sort of guy and never really uh hit never really with him going out and just absolutely dominating a game until maybe that Dallas game where it looked like he was just on fire that that was his biggest indicator uh that he could be the franchise quarterback that they've wanted him to be uh, of the entire season but now he's in a spot where it seems like this is this is a game very much uh, that he could potentially take over, or at least help them help influence a victory here uh, against an opponent that has been struggling defensively recently. And I know a lot has been made of the run defense, but really, when when I'm looking at this Houston Texans team, the thing that that jumps out to me more than anything is how banged up and perhaps what type of advantage exists in the secondary there specifically for the Bills passing offense and I know everyone's expecting them to run Devin Singletary but the two the two guys that have come back for the Texans it for this playoff game JJ Watt is the obvious one and he's been out for 
the last couple of months rehabbing a torn pectoral, which is kind of insane that he's even playing in this game. And then the other one is Bernardrick McKinney, who's their inside linebacker. Um, He's been out the last couple of weeks with a concussion, and he should be back and starting next to Zach Cunningham. And those two guys are definitely going to help things in terms of stopping the run. So I think looking at what Allen might be able to do against the secondary, it, it leads you to believe that there could be some success out there. Both of their starting uh, cornerbacks, if they play, which you would expect them to just because it's the playoffs, Jonathan Joseph and Bradley Roby are dealing with hamstring injuries that made them limited throughout the week. And Joseph has uh, gotten gotten burned by some deep passes. Roby tends to get burned, um, even though he's got a couple of interceptions to his name um, recently. But even even with that said, that you have John Brown, who could line up on either side of the formation. Those guys are locked into their spots. Roby on the right side of the defense and Joseph on the left side. And then if Brown's not open, then Cole Beasley will be working up, working against a first round bust in Vernon Hargreaves, who got released by Tampa Bay earlier this year. I think there is a legitimate case to be made for Brian Dable, the team's offensive coordinator, to highlight Josh Allen in this game and and let the passing game go to work here. Yeah, I think the trickiest part about this this matchup, in a lot of ways, is Romeo Cornell. Uh, you know, the yeah, he's. True. He's an experienced defensive play caller. He gave Josh Allen some trouble um, when they met last year. He, just in general, against you know younger quarterbacks, he tends to be able to mix things up and, and disguise what what you're looking at. It, it's a hard defense to diagnose uh, before the snap, and I think that is the part of the challenge that will be. It just adds to everything for Josh Allen playing on the road, playing in his first playoff game dealing with you know an experienced defensive coordinator brian dable will also be calling plays in an an nfl playoff game for the first time i know he's coached in in playoff games but a little bit different when you're calling the shots he did it at alabama in the college football playoff a couple years ago but a lot of first uh a lot of firsts for this this bill's offense and so i think the secondary they've been really you know, Jekyll and Hyde for, for Houston a lot of the year. And I think a lot of that has to do with who they are as players. Some of these guys are are not the most consistent guys. Jonathan Joseph has been a really good player for a lot of years, but he, he's, mm-hmm. you know, banged up. He's older. He's not quite what he used to be. Obviously, the difference maker in a lot of ways that a lot of people are talking about is J.J. Watt. I mean, if he can provide the type of pass rush even in spurts uh, that we're accustomed to seeing from him, that changes everything for their pass defense. You know, I think all these numbers that people are throwing out about where the Texans rank uh, in certain categories, whether it's run defense or pass defense over, you know, whatever number of games, you know, let's not forget they were missing the best defensive, one of the best defensive players of all time. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, uh, not going to be 100%. He may not play 100% of snaps, but he is um, you know, going to be a factor as long as he's on the field. And uh, that's that's something that, that the Bills are going to have to uh, certainly, certainly be aware of. And it goes back to something that we talk about a lot with Josh Allen. He's going to need to be uh, you know, mindful of getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Yeah, that, that's, that will be the biggest thing. Because even though 
um, Houston, and it, it might not even be where J.J. Watt is out there for as many snaps as he wants to be. Um, maybe he's out there for the full complement of snaps. Who knows? It really depends. I mean, I'm, I'm not ruling anything out with him because, and I mean this in a nice way, he is a raging psychopath, and uh, he will tend to err towards playing as much as he can. Um, but if he's not on the field, I think there's a major hang-up with this Texans defense in getting to the quarterback quickly enough. And maybe that's where Josh Allen has to not fall into a false sense of security because really the the top pass rusher that they have on the roster outside of J.J. Watt is Whitney Merciless, and even he's hasn't looked all that good. He's got seven and a half sacks this year, but I even think that's a little misleading because it just seems like his his efforts get thwarted a bit a bit uh, too often for a pass rusher that they just paid a bunch of money to. Um, so there's that. And then, and then on the other side, I believe the man's name is Brennan Scarlett, uh, more of a run defender than, than anything. And sometimes they'll throw Barkevious Mingo in there, but, uh, for the most part it's merciless or bust. And so that's why JJ Watt is so important to them in this game. And when Watt can't be out there, or if perhaps he's not the same guy that we're always used to then uh, that's where some opportunities could lie. But you're absolutely right. This is a game that Josh Allen has been trending in the right direction with getting the ball out of his hands quickly and making decisions. Uh, the The timeliness of it has gotten better. But in the games that he has really struggled, he has held on to it for a very long time in, on average, which is which usually means right around three seconds. When he's been his most effective, he's been somewhere around two point. Four five to two point seven, right in that range. So it might not sound a lot, uh, the, those point three seconds, but it absolutely means everything to them, and and the Bills know it, and that's why they've continued to harp on it this season with him to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And and I do think that the secondary that we lined out lined up for for you right near the top, it does make a conducive situation for Allen to be able to move the ball through the air quickly enough before Watt or Merciless or whoever else, McKinney on a blitz, Cunningham on a blitz, something, Blackson, uh, their other five-technique defensive end. If I, I think there will be the opportunity to get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. But but yeah, you're, you're, you're dead on there. He's Allen can't let this game get too big for him. And that that could be somewhat of a concern just because on some of these bigger games, it, we've seen that. But then again, there's the Dallas example and lesser, but still still a pretty good one. The Pittsburgh example where these big highlight type of uh, scheduled games where he's come up and played pretty well. And uh, so it, it just all depends what type of Josh we're, we're going to see on Saturday. Yeah, he's not one to necessarily let the moment get too big for him other than early in some of these games and he's admitted to you know being a little bit over anxious and having a little bit of those those jitters that that you know prevent him from getting into a rhythm early in football games but late in games as the games go on he he settles in and and starts to play his best football i don't it's a tricky situation quarterbacks playing their first playoff game in general tend to struggle. Uh, it's, uh, 
it's you know you could go back um you know the last 20 20 plus years it's just a different kind a different level of football and so uh, it's a different stage to get used to if there's a guy i guess that is ready for it uh it's josh allen a guy who you know hasn't been too too rattled by big stages so far this season and he's also been in some of those games thanksgiving and sunday night football like you mentioned baltimore uh this this year was like a playoff game he didn't play you know nearly his best in that game at all but came on towards the end a little bit the new england game wasn't his best game at the end of the season but he had his moments and towards the end of the game you know started to make some plays it's about not having those huge lapses those lulls during the early part of games you can't go into the late second half or late second quarter with 18 passing yards you know you have to find some sort of consistency on offense earlier than that but you know it, it all it all will come down to i guess how how he handles that that spotlight that stage that you know on the road where they've been comfortable but you know it's it's not an easy situation to deal with uh if you're a if you're a first time starter in a playoff game there's not too many quarterbacks that have gotten it done i'm looking back through the years deshaun watson mitchell trubisky lamar jackson last year all lost patrick mahomes won in his first uh playoff start blake bortles lost his first playoff start jared goff lost his first playoff start um actually blake bortles won lost against the spread the spread always counts here on this podcast blake bortles (laughs) won jared goff lost dak prescott lost Nick Foles lost, Colin Kaepernick won, Matt Schaub won. How about that? Yeah. Jay Cutler won, Philip Rivers lost, Rex Grossman lost, Eli Manning lost, Ben Roethlisberger won, Drew Brees lost, Trent Green lost, Mark Bolger lost. I mean, Carson Palmer lost. You know who did win? Tim Tebow. <laughs> yes, he did. Cam Newton lost, Alex Smith won. I mean, most I'm of content these guys, to, to let you just go on the rest of the podcast Tim listing who Tebow, won and who lost. Tim Tebow won. Yeah, he did. I remember guys. that game. Marcus Mariota won. Let's just look for the winners. Tebow, Michael Vick won his first playoff start. Tebow Mark in Sanchez that game. Won. I believe Tebow in that game, uh, he did nothing and then completed a deep pass to Demarius Thomas and basically won. It was it was Denver's defense that that won it if I'm getting the same game uh correct in my mind. I mean, this is a a topic for another day, but you know, Tim Tebow kind of a a very poor man's Josh Allen. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, uh Mark Sanchez won his first playoff game. Bit Joe, of a Joe Webb did not. I like how you're just glossing over that, just dropping it in and then and then running away from the grenade. I mean, um, if you think about it, again, it's probably a topic for another day. I'm not saying Josh <laughs> Allen is quite Tim Tebow, um, but... There are legitimate of, differences between the two. Yeah, I'd say Josh yeah. Allen is a much more promising uh, prospect than Tebow ever was, but people love to argue about Josh Allen just the way they love to argue about Tim Tebow. A lot of people bring up that Tim Tebow is just a winner. You mentioned that game where there's a whole lot of nothing, and then he hit a deep ball. Yeah, I'm just saying. There's there's some similarities there. 
just love we're we're like two days out of the playoff game, and you just dropped the Tim Tebow bomb. This is this is uh, well, welcome to the Buffalo beat, everyone. He's Tim uh, Tebow and Mark Sa- This makes no sense. All these great quarterbacks who lost: Andrew Luck, Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford, Joe Webb, and you've got so Mark. <laughs> you've got so Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow as winners. So they're. It is an inexact science, is what I'm trying to tell you. Combined record, the last 47 quarterbacks making their first playoff start are 15 and 32. Ah, so So probably a more succinct way to say what I said for the last three. So about a 33 percent winning percentage, right around there. Yeah, not not terrific. Yeah, yeah, not ideal whatsoever. But. but the Texans haven't won a playoff game either in a long time under Bill. O- they haven't won one at all under Bill O'Brien, and Deshaun Watson lost his only playoff game. So I don't know. Yeah, they, and and I think a lot of this can be influenced by what the Bills' defense does as well. I mean, Josh Allen will play a, a relatively big part in this game, and I know there's going to be a lot of focus on the Devin Singletary angle with with the offense and the rushing offense because of how poorly the the Texans have defended it recently but but yeah I I I just just looking at Adam and watching him uh, uh, for the for the last few days here it just seems like it's seems like a screaming opportunity for for the passing offense to to get things going pretty hard here but defensively um they're the thing that stands out the most in terms of outside of the obvious of DeAndre Hopkins playing up against um, Tredavious White, and then whether or not Will Fuller is going to play. I think the there is a legitimate advantage for the Bills along the offensive line versus defensive line. Laramie Tunsil is a great player, and he's probably going to cancel out Jerry Hughes. I think uh, Hughes is a good player. I Tunsil's just playing out of his mind at the moment and he takes some penalties but still he's he's a really darn good player and one probably one of the better left tackles in the league and uh but along the rest of the offensive line there are there are some matchups to exploit there uh you know a guy that I read quite quite a bit in terms of offensive line stuff is Brandon Thorne who writes for establishtherun.com among other places and he said that their right tackle, Chris Clark, is in the conversation for one of the worst starting uh, players on the offensive line in the entire league. So that right there should be an advantage in the Bills' favor to where Trent Murphy or Shaq Lawson, whoever's lined up on that specific down, should be able to uh, some, do some damage and make Deshaun Watson work for it. Watson tends to hang on to the ball a bunch. There's there are uh, reasons for optimism to w- to limit what the Watson led offense can do, but then again, Watson tends to pull a rabbit out of his hat and get out of the pocket and then make a play down the field that breaks your heart because he's super intelligent, he's super instinctive, and if he gets loose, then there there's no telling what's going to happen in the game. But uh, but yeah, it, it seems like just from a very uh, just looking at how these two teams kind of side up here. It, it seems like there is some, there are some opportunities there for the bills along the line. Yeah, I would think so. Deshaun Watson tends to hang on to the ball and try to make plays down the field. It's part of who he is. It's part of how this offense is designed. And 
there's a reason they went out and traded for Laramie Tunsil because the offensive line nearly got Deshaun Watson killed last year. And uh, I think the Bills' defense should be able to slow this offense down. Now, they haven't seen too many offenses quite like this one, but I don't look at it as a complete matchup nightmare for them. I think the the Texans are going to try to move DeAndre Hopkins around the formation. Listening to Leslie Frazier and Tredavious White, they're either you know, being really coy about what they're doing or Tredavious White will not be shadowing Hopkins the entire game. So that means they're going to try to get Hopkins lined up on Kevin Johnson or Taron Johnson in the slot. They're, they're going to try to figure out a way to get, get him open because, you know, that's the, that's their guy and he doesn't need to be all that open to make plays. He's um, a hard guy to defend because of how you know good his catch radius is. Um, the fact that he's just catches everything. He's so tall. He he's just a a tough guy to defend. And if Will Fuller's healthy opposite him, it's a different offense. They're um, you know com- way more productive, way more explosive when Fuller's in the game. And I think a big part of this too is whether the Bills can slow down the running game because when the Texans get rolling on the ground um, you know that makes everything easier for them they haven't been super consistent with it this season but uh, it's a another factor uh, that the Bills have to be ready for but the Bills are are pretty healthy on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. basically going in with almost the same defense that went down to Houston and shut this offense down uh, last year and if not for a Josh Allen injury and a Nathan Peterman pick six, they might have won that football game, and they weren't a very good team last year. Obviously, uh, the Texans are are a different group as well, but um, it, it's promising when you look at that matchup and, and see how everything stacked up. I think the Bills' defense has a chance to to do what it's been doing. Now they didn't have a very good game against New England, but uh, I think it could be a return to um, you know their form prior to that game you know with due respect to leslie frazier and uh and what what they're trying to put out there they better be be being coy i should say about the tredavious white deandre hopkins thing because there is absolutely no way no logic to allowing the one of the best wide receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins to roam uncontested or up against the likes of Kevin Johnson, who the Texans walked away from or Taron Johnson when he's lined up in the slot. It it just, that just, especially in a playoff game, that just makes no sense to me. It would, it would be playing with fire unnecessarily. And that's not even to say that Tredavious White is just going to completely cancel out DeAndre Hopkins. It just, just doesn't make any sense based on, what they've done for the majority of the year. And if they do indeed do that, then that would be a classic case of overthinking things when you get to the postseason. But I don't know. I, I have my doubts that, that they'll actually go through with that, even if Tredavious White was saying, yeah, I'll just play the left side. And it as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay, Tredavious, sure you are. Sure you will. Because maybe he just doesn't want to make the matchup too big, especially after uh, the Instagram post heard around the Bills and Texans locker rooms. But but yeah, that it would it would not be very smart for them to do that. 
and also I think it also helped out that if Hopkins does indeed move inside and uh, Tredavious White draws down there, Taron Johnson getting as many reps as he did against the Jets at, at outside cornerback certainly helps things to make it a little bit more fluid for them as as they go into this matchup. But uh, but yeah, that that would. I would be scratching my head a great deal if they do not have him shadow. Yeah, I don't I don't really buy most of what they say in that regard during the week. I don't know, it's a strategy thing. They're typically not going to tip their hand too much in something like that. But at the same time, with how much zone coverage they play and, and the style of defense they play, I don't know if he's going to be on them every single play. I think oh, yeah. there are going to be times where the Texans – find a way to get him on a different player. And there's probably going to be, you know, time. Most of the time it's not going to be, and this is probably what they're alluding to. It's not going to be just Tredavious White on DeAndre Hopkins and set it and forget it. I don't think that's a very good strategy either. Um, I don't know that you cover that guy with one guy, even as good as Tredavious White is. He's not a, you know, at least not most of the time, a man-to-man cover corner like Stephon Gilmore or you know Richard Sherman uh, in his prime. I don't haven't watched much San Francisco this year, so I don't know how they use him. But th- that's not really how the Bills use Tre'Davious White, and so it's a different. Um, it requires a little bit of a different you know coverage scheme and things like that. But still going to be a fun matchup to watch because a lot of the times it will come down to how Tredavious White handles him. Mm-hmm. And he did he did a pretty good job against him, uh, against Houston last year. Um, he did allow the touchdown, which was a pretty ridiculous catch by DeAndre Hopkins. He was called for three holding penalties. Uh, so it's a different matchup for Tredavious White. I know he's, he's dealt with some good receivers this year, Odell Beckham, Cortland Sutton among them. But I'd say Hopkins is uh, unique in his own way. The holding penalties are the interesting part about that last year because Tredavious White has been prone to getting a little grabby with the wide receivers that he's going up against. And I think the the game that stands out the most this season was the Dallas game, if I'm not mistaken. We're going up against Amari Cooper for, for the most part. Um, I think he got called early and then uh, in the first half and then he said, well, I figured out how they called it and then made adjustments in the second half. So just needs to it really depends on what officiating crew you're going to get. But uh, I do think that uh, these officiating crews will tend to be a little bit more uh, apt to giving those types of penalties in the playoffs because, you know, they don't really want those uh, those big plays to or you know the, those moments to be criticized as they go forward so maybe they they just call a bit more or the exact opposite could happen but it it seems like they're the the penalties and you know just kind of narrowing it down kind kind of the focus on it goes up once the postseason and the more um the more amounts of people that kind of are have eyes on it so we'll we'll see what happens there but but yes, the, I think your point about zone coverage is a good one. And while it won't be an infallible strategy where he's he's out there every single time, anytime they're in man, he should be in front of them. And for the most part, if he's lined up outside and they're in zone coverage, he should be in front of them. Uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily putting them too far out of uh, 
of their comfort zone, seeing as how they've been doing it against other receivers for most of the year. And, you know, is Hopkins the best receiver they face this year? Let me think. He might be. I mean, Odell Beckham's pretty good. Odell's really good, too. Yeah, that, that's right. So he's he's one of the top two or three receivers they have they've gone up against all season. So so yeah, they Leslie, Tredavious, very nice of you to try and pull pull this one, but uh that it, it you don't don't try and kid a kidder here. This is uh it, it's the playoffs now. You don't you don't mess around with the playoffs. Maybe earlier in the season, but but not now. Um, is, does anything else about this matchup kind of jump out to you before we uh, get to our predictions? I think the Texans have decent tight ends, um, and the Bills have been really good in that regard. I just think the the quarterback play is going to be fascinating in this game because as much as we talk about Josh Allen late in games, Deshaun Watson in big games in college uh, was – a stud and you know earlier this year against the Patriots had himself a day so I'm I'm excited to watch you know both these guys and see how they handle that that spotlight because uh, let's not forget that that was a guy that you know a lot of people were you know pretty upset that the Bills passed on in Deshaun Watson now Josh Allen is starting to make people forget about you know Deshaun Watson and to a lesser extent, Patrick Mahomes. These are the games where you can quiet all that and and make people think that you got the right quarterback. I know they don't; they're not squaring off against each other. They're not on the field at the same time, but it is one where um, that's the way the the narratives go in this league. And so, it's a, a pretty prime opportunity for for Josh Allen to to make a statement. All right. Well, that leads us to the. Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour, which, you know, for the most part, been pretty solid on here, here on the Buffalo beat. So Matthew Fairburn, as, as you, it usually happens, let, we'll let you lead it off. The bills are three point underdogs as of Thursday afternoon, and uh, they'll be going down to take on the Texans. Who do you have winning and who do you have with the spread? I have the Texans winning the game and the Texans covering the spread. Um, I think you can get two and a half in some places, Interesting. Um, which is pro- which is pretty big in uh, in betting parlance. But this, I've gone back and forth on this game all week. When it you know the matchup was first set, I thought you know Texans, and then started to talk myself into the Bills during the week, but. I'm sticking with with that initial reaction. Some good injury news out of Houston this week with J.J. Watt and Will Fuller. Even if Will Fuller is not 100% or if he goes down at some point during the game, I think his presence out there is one that will will alter the Bills' uh, defensive approach a little bit. And Texans playing at home. They've got playoff experience, even if they haven't won. Um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that have been there. They have a quarterback who has been there. I think they have the better quarterback, um, and so that's enough for me to to swing this in their direction. At, and JJ Watt returning is really a a big factor as well. He's the type of guy that can change the game with one play, mm-hmm. and you can bet a guy that like him who 
you know, really wants playoff success before his career is over is going to bring it on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he will do everything in his power to to do that. There's no doubt there. He is, uh, he is, as you alluded, one of the best defensive players in NFL history, and that should not be that should not be discounted whatsoever. No matter what injury he's coming from, I do wonder what his level effect of effectiveness and how much he'll play uh, will be because it's that that seems like an extremely painful injury and one that needs a lot of time to come back from a lot more than what he has given it but we've seen him kind of do these types of things in the past where he can just kind of push aside the pain and play right through it so we'll see there um in terms of my prediction i am going to take the bills to win this game and and quite obviously, because I picked them to win, I also picked them to beat the spread, seeing as how they are underdogs. The reason being, what kind of put me over the edge above all else, is the Texans' really poor offensive line. And I know that this is not a new thing for them, and I know that they added Laramie Tunsil, but this is not about Tunsil. I think he'll do just fine against Jerry Hughes. This is about every other piece of that offensive line, which I think... The personnel that the Bills have matches up incredibly well against them. um, We'll start with their right tackle, uh, Chris Clark, who is not a good football player. Um, I think Shaq Lawson will have a a good degree of success against him. I think Trent Murphy can win against him because he, uh, Murphy even showed some ability to get to the, get to the edge and, and, bend around the corner and to get to the quarterback against the Jets. So, And, and I don't think that the guy he was going up against, uh, Brandon Shell for the Jets, um, is worse than Chris Clark. So I think there is an advantage there for the Bills to have. Uh, their right guard, Zach Fulton, to me, is someone that Ed Oliver can just absolutely tear apart in this game. Um, I think he kind of struggles in pass protection and Oliver has shown to be a menace over the last about month and a half, two months of the season. And then their center, uh, Nick Martin really struggles with power and can get overpowered. So I think that's a spot for both Jordan Phillips and Starla Tulele to potentially win as both run and pass defenders. So that all leads into Deshaun Watson hanging on to the ball too long maybe making some errors by throwing off his back foot, which is something he did against Tennessee a couple weeks ago where he thought he spotted something open, got it out of his, out of his hands quickly because there was some a defender in his face, and uh, Tennessee ends up picking it off right at the goal line. Um, I think those are, those are all different ways for the Bills to do it, and I don't think that Micah Hyde is uh, – they're going to test Micah Hyde, and if they do down the field with Will Fuller – then Micah Hyde's probably going to make them pay because he's that good of a center fielder. So I like that. I like their defense against the Texans. And offensively, I think their secondary can can be burnable, but they do have to be wary of J.J. Watt. He's, he is a, a menace. He takes a lot of pressure off his defensive teammates. Um, I would expect a bunch of blitzes from Cunningham, McKinney. Um, it takes pressure off of Merciless on the other side. So Deion Dawkins will have to win that one straight up. And then, of course, Cody Ford, they're going to have to provide him some help at right tackle against Watt um, or just make it a point of emphasis to always have two guys 
touch J.J. Watt every single play, especially when they're dropping back to pass. So should be close, but I have the Bills winning this one by about a touchdown. I think I I put my final score in the preview at 24-16. So, so yeah, it, it should be good. They've been good on the road, and um, I, I uh, am excited to watch this game unfold. I just tend to think that the Bills have a little bit more in their favor than the Texans do. Um, quarterback notwithstanding, I agree with you there. Watson is the superior quarterback, but I think this defense could potentially – uh, hedge that advantage so we'll see it it's uh, uh i'm looking forward to going down to houston i'm sure you are as well so you're saying that you think josh allen can pull a tim tebow this weekend you had to go there you had to go there right at the end of the pod you're the one you're the one who went there what do you mean you think josh you think josh allen's gonna pull off this win as a first time starter well now i mean i like yeah i, I like the enthusiasm 16 it, what what was it? Fifteen and thirty-two for the last fifteen uh, and thirty-two. It'll be sixteen and thirty-two yep. if Josh Allen pulls it off. Ryan Tannehill also a first-time wow. playoffer playing on Saturday night. So by the end of the day, there'll be there'll be two uh, two new additions to that record. Wow. Yeah, I think I think Josh Allen. It, this is going to be a close game, and it's going to come down to Josh Allen at the end being able to put together one of those drives that that he's had you know it's it's funny some of these games where it's just a touchdown drive or two touchdown drives that really that's been all the Bills offense has needed in some games because of how good the defense is and Josh Allen has been you know one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks in the entire league and uh, you know, he's limited his turnovers big time, uh, you know, in the second half of the season, really going back to post-Patriots game. And in these big games, he's been he's been rock solid. And I think, um, you know, we didn't see much of him in week 17. But if he has some of that that deep ball magic from New England left in him, it's going to be a this will be the secondary to, to use it again. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. This should be should be a much more. On the surface, it looks like it'll be a much more entertaining postseason game than what we saw in Jacksonville two years oh, ago. Oh, God, I'd hope so. What was that, 13 points total? Oof. Yeah, it may have been one of the worst postseason games of all time, but when you actually when you look at the list of quarterbacks who have played in the playoffs, as I was doing, looking up those first-timers, mm-hmm. there are some, some pretty bad ones that make you remember some really bad uh, – you know, playoff games. Wait a Connor Cook played a playoff game. Didn't Ryan Lindley played a playoff game? Didn't TJ Yates win a game? Win a playoff game? TJ Yates did win a playoff game. Tavares Jackson played a playoff game. Todd Collins. Bo- Joe Webb, who I mentioned. Tim Tebow. I mean <laughs> You are saying Tim Tebow's name with some hard T's there, good sir. I bet a lot of people did not expect to hear Tim Tebow's name today today but uh but hey tim tebow is a guy that really boosts ratings back in the day so it's good for good for the show you to, know, to bring him up you know who didn't play in a playoff game blaine gabbert blaine gabbert you beat it's, me too it's unfortunate he um he gave it the old college try and he's not done yet i have a feeling we could see him in a playoff game someday kind of like we saw todd collins or or um rex grossman or Anthony Wright in a playoff game. Anthony Wright. 
Wow. Well, I was going to say, Todd, at least with Todd Collins, Tavares Jackson, and Rex Grossman, all those guys were first and second rounders. But Anthony. I mean, this right? is kind of like, you know, we, you know, tongue in cheek talk about Tim Tebow. But the other day, Tim and I were talking on the radio about he brought up Mark Sanchez and how often he and the Jets won playoff games because they had a really good defense and they had a formula for winning games that involved Mark Sanchez not having to do too much. Now, the difference is Mark Sanchez couldn't quite run the way Josh Allen can, mm-hmm. and, and that's been a, a weapon in the red zone. So, I mean, the the whole first-time quarterback, you know, first-time starter in the playoffs is, is certainly a thing. It, it's very much uh, a tough thing to do. But Josh Allen, I think, feel like is built built to handle it we'll see what happens i and we'll see if they can they can you know handle deshaun watson which maybe they can i don't know but i'm still i'm going texans i'm I'm feeling (laughs) i'm feeling less than confident about it but i'm going texans and i felt like you were about uh, to waver there right at the end no i'm not gonna i mean the problem is you know i get asked to make these picks early in the week and so i can't have like pick you know Somebody on the radio on Monday asked me who I think is going to win the game. Well, Ooh. gee, I don't know. It's Monday. But, you know, quite frankly, do we ever know who's going to win these games? That's part of the fun. Yeah, well said. All right, so the Bills will be going up against the Texans at NRG Stadium. And that will be when we speak with you all next to talk about either, A, the Bills' first playoff victory since 1995, or B, the Bills' most recent playoff defeat and in memoriam to their 2019 season. So uh should be fun either way, but we'll we'll break it all down once uh once the game goes final. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of The Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscalia for Matthew Fairburn and our producer Danielle Lehman. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you on Saturday. See you then.